but they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I got baptized at uh, Lake Minnetonka. Uh, I hit a couple backflips. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. My swag was having no swag. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another installment here of the Minnesota Sports Podcast. For this, it is the 3rd of January here in 2022. How's it going, everybody? I'm CJ Baumgartner. As we get ready to dive in to another year of Minnesota sports, which I'm sure will not bring us a lot of... uh, A lot of wasted time, pain, and disappointment, but here's hoping we all are starting New Year's resolutions that that we know uh, probably won't come true. Anyway, uh, we are talking about the Vikings. Speaking of things that get our hopes up every year, uh, New Year, New Vikings, and by that I mean uh, there's not a lot of Vikings. Uh, They started this new year uh, losing Kirk Cousins. Uh, to the COVID list, and we talked a little bit about that in uh, the year in review video in which we touched on it before we got into the recaps of 2021. Uh, so go check out that podcast after you listen to this one here. Uh, Ian Rivers uh, joined in, and we talked about uh, recapping the 2021 calendar year for the Minnesota sports teams. But uh, they lose Kirk Cousins, the Vikings, uh, they lose uh, a couple other guys now, about five other players, including Cam Bynum, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett, uh, not Garrett Bradbury, uh, Christian Derisaw, Brian O'Neill, and Eric Hendricks. They're all going on the COVID list. They are all out for the season finale this Sunday against Chicago. And I guess it's a new year, same old Vikings, and that it's just until things change, there's... This is weird because the Vikings usually have some optimism, and there are some optimistic pieces on this Vikings team, but as currently constructed, there's not a lot of optimism for this Vikings team until some changes are made. And how big are those changes, and when will they come? And and I think that's the biggest question. But first, let's recap this game against Green Bay, because I think there's not a lot to talk about in terms of the game itself. I mean, it went about as it was expected to without having Kirk Cousins. Sean Mannion looked terrible. Um, It it just wasn't... I think it was just more the... I mean, these are all just symptoms of the root cause, and the symptoms are just playing out here. Whether it was the game plan, which basically looked the exact same. I don't know if you guys watched, but it was a lot of, like, big third downs. Let's throw to CJ Ham, Tyler Conklin, who, by the way, are fine players, but... You have Justin Jefferson, and when you're the Minnesota Vikings, there were several times this season where you're like, why aren't they throwing to Justin Jefferson more? What did he do? Why don't they throw it to him? And he had one reception in the first half yesterday. One reception in the first half, and by the way, was on a third and seven, and they threw it for five yards. So it's just the thing that the Vikings offense has come under fire for all season, not being aggressive on third downs, targeting the wrong players, and... which is Conklin and Ham in key spots like third down. And you can say, well, that's not Kirk Cousins' fault then, right? Because Kirk Cousins, you know, this is more on the offensive game planning and the direction and all that. You can't blame this one on Kirk Cousins. And look, I'm not. I'm not saying this falls all on Kirk Cousins. I'm not a a Kirk defender. I'm not a Kirk stan, whatever word you want to use. But I certainly don't think he's blameless. But at the same time, a little bit of blame gets absolved from him when you look and see that, okay, it's not him that he's not, that he's refusing to do it. He just is doing what he's told. And that clears him in that sense, but it doesn't clear him in the fact of 
what this isn't working why and, and Kirk Cousins is the classic I just work here guy they just tell me to throw it here I just throw it here buddy you're a 30 million dollar quarterback with two all pro I mean I believe both of them have reached all pro at this point or should be two all pro receivers multiple pro bowl winners at the very least and you're not slamming your uh, fist on the table saying we need to throw them the ball more that's on you but um Kirk Cousins didn't play he's not the one on trial here the one on trial is just the structure of the Minnesota Vikings. And I think it's telling because in 2018, the Green Bay Packers were expected to compete and they fell apart. Mike McCarthy got fired. But it wasn't just that they underachieved. It was just the structure was broken. Rodgers was insubordinate and the relationship was falling apart and the team just felt like they were uh, they were stuck in the past and they were going off past achievements. And in that sense, it was the 2011 Super Bowl. For the Minnesota Vikings, it was the 2017 NFC Championship game. You're stuck trying to get back to that same place, and you're trying to keep running it back, bringing in the same people, the same philosophy, trying to do it again, and you realize that the NFL has moved past it, and not only have they moved past it, your way of doing things isn't working. And I think it's that way where you looked at Mike McCarthy and you said, we need to make a change. And I think... There was reports last week that the Wilfs weren't fully decided on Mike Zimmer, and I think after a game like this, it has to be. And I'm a Zimmer defender. Last season, even, people were calling the Zimmer uh, hate wagon was starting, and I was one of the people in the front of the line going, let's wait, let's see this out. You know, we got to be careful about just getting rid of a head coach when things you know, don't seem great at first. We got to let this play out. Well, we let it play out another season, and guess what? The Vikings are 7-9. and nine. They are the same point last season, this season as they were last season. They are a better team on paper, sure. They had a tougher schedule, sure. But not that much tougher. There were still plenty, plenty of winnable games that the Vikings just gave up because, as I've said all season long, good teams find ways to win and bad teams, well, they don't. They find ways to lose, and the Vikings found ways to lose against Cincinnati. They found ways to lose against Arizona, not just all at end-of-game plays, by the way. In Arizona, there's giving your two-minute defense has been terrible in the, in the at the end of halves. Um, you look at Cincinnati, again, the, the defense being terrible at the end of the first half. The offense not getting going until midway through the third quarter. I mean, there's just going on in this, losing to Cooper Rush. You know, it, it just things throughout the season that they put themselves in the position last night where not having Kirk Cousins got them out of it. Uh, not having Kirk Cousins basically meant their season was over because they had to win that game against Green Bay. And Zimmer can't go to Spielman. It can't go to uh, the Wilfs and say, well, what was I supposed to do? We had Kirk out because of COVID or we had injuries. We are banged up by the end of the year. You weren't banged up when you lost to Arizona. You weren't banged up when you lost to Cincinnati. And by the way, you should have won those games. So you can't go and say, well, we were banged up and that's why we lost games or this. Woe is us. Poor us. At a certain point, that gets old. And the NFL is a what have you done for me lately thing. And as much as I love the 2017 team, that was four years ago. And as much as I love, as much as I love the, uh, you know, as much as I love the way that the Vikings wanted to play and as much as I love the 2017 season and as much as I love that the Vikings were able to beat New Orleans in that playoff game, uh, a couple of years ago, that was that. That's two years ago already. And the Vikings haven't been above the 500 mark since that game. And they're a team that's just been falling apart there. Like, I believe there was a stat that Field Yates had up on Twitter that in Aaron Rodgers' last 48 starts before Matt LaFleur, uh, he was about a 500 quarterback. It was like 48, 40, it was like uh, 
24, 23-1, or, or something along those lines where he was just average. He was an average quarterback. And that was in Rodgers' last 48 starts, mind you. So, or at least the, the record escapes me. I can't remember the, the exact record. But the whole point is that change is necessary sometimes. Even if the process isn't necessarily broken to where you're a three-win team, it's broken to where you're spinning your wheels and you're not getting better. And, the, and how... How much does this process need to be fixed? That's a big question. But looking into this Green Bay game, it just looked like uh, there were more telling signs for the Packers and Mike McCarthy uh, a couple of years ago. But my takeaway uh, is when they played the Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium in Sunday Night Football in 2018, and the Vikings won. They just clearly won the game that wasn't even close. It wasn't like a blowout, but the Vikings had a comfortable two-score lead almost the entire game, and they ended up winning. And just from there, you could tell, like, this team is broken, and this team is going to make changes, and when they do, they're going to be better. Now, I can't say the exact same thing for the Minnesota Vikings, but, but a game last night just showed this system is broken. The way that the roster was constructed is broken. The way that Zimmer basically did not play Kellen Mond, which is fine. Kellen Mond should not have started the game. But when Sean Mannion was giving you nothing, and then midway through the third quarter, you're losing. It's a blowout. You're not going to win. Bring in Kellen Mond. See what you have. He plays one series, and then whether he was benched again or whether Sean Mannion had the cramps or whatever, uh, Kellen Mond was back out. And after the game, Zimmer said, well, I see him in practice every day. He's not any good. And that's paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing what Zimmer said. But it's just that, well, then who drafted him? Spielman. Who drafted some of these guys? Who drafted Ole Udo and made him play guard? Who has Chris Boyd on the football team? Who has Garrett Bradbury, whose better plays in his career have been as a receiver? And the Vikings' best offensive play of the night was Garrett Bradbury getting a uh, getting an immaculate reception-esque 17-yard uh, catch. I mean, just it, it, it's mind-boggling. The process is broken. This and and I'm not even going to say Kirk and the COVID thing, whatever. Just Kirk all season. It's just the now this whole season isn't on Kirk. I'm not trying to say that, but just the whole process is broken. It's system 404 user error, whatever you want to say. Um, it's not going to work. It's just not gonna. And maybe we realized after the 2018 season that it really was never going to work. But you had to play it out and you had to see it through. 2019 was your peak. Sure, you could try and run it back again. And your peak is sneak into the playoffs as a sixth seed. And if you get lucky, you'll upset. And then you'll play another team. And then you'll get shown how inferior you are. And it's not to – this isn't to say the Vikings are a terrible, no good, very bad bottom of the league team. They're mediocre. They're below average. And by the way – the Vikings deep, the Vikings won those games in 2019, in 2017, in 2015. Those three playoff appearances under Zimmer, they all came with defense at the forefront, more so in 2017 and, and even 2015 more than 2019, but it was still the defense is at the forefront. And I know that this defense went through a retooling, and it just hasn't worked. The defense went through a retooling. The Vikings' defense is now 31st in the league. 31st! And a head coach who's calling card is defense. Complained he had the worst defense last year. Got in all these free agents who work to mix results. And that's what you get. When you throw in a bunch of free agents, they're gonna you're trying to peg you're trying to essentially fill up a cake with all icing. Because free agency is the icing on the cake, not the pillars of which you build the team. It's not the actual cake. It's not the dough. It's not the thing that puts it up. The icing is the thing that makes it look really good under the finishing touches. When you have a cake with all icing, it sounds great, 
but when you actually get to consume it and you actually over a long period of time it's going to make you sick and that's been the Vikings this entire time trying to just hope that eventually it's all going to work again and it doesn't so it's just this whole process. There's a lot to unpack with this game against the Green Bay Packers. The defense quitting essentially after about the first half. Basically, the Packers drove up and down the field on him. The Packers got in their own way early on. But you knew Rodgers. The Packers are a slow starting team. It's probably why they're going to get – that's going to bite them in the playoffs. But if you're the Green Bay Packers, you're fine. I mean, they, they got going again and they won. And, and everything just fell apart. Zimmer treating Mond, I don't understand why, and I know Zimmer, everybody, like, Zimmer likes to have that tough guy persona in the, being very blunt with people in the, in the press conferences, but the just needlessness with Kellen Mond, for whatever reason, just stuck out to me, he's like, why, what, what is the benefit of this, I, I don't know, it's, I mean, I don't know. I know that I understand that Zimmer and Spielman are probably jockeying for position to try and keep their jobs, and, and Spielman probably is going to keep it more than more than Zim. Zim is almost 100% gone, but it's just it's just a mess, and it's one of those things where it's just there's time in relationships when you know an end is near, uh, and, and this is just one of them. This is just something that needs to end. It's something that needs to hit a reset button, and Zimmer's time in Minnesota is over, but what a no show game for the Minnesota Vikings and it's going to be another one as they're playing the Chicago Bears on Sunday who are trying to get their coach fired as well not saying the Vikings are trying to get their coach fired we don't know that for sure but it's just time it is just time to hit the reset button and to figure this all out in 2022 in the full calendar year because it's just it the, the Vikings tried to do their shtick it didn't work and it's not that I didn't want it to work. I thought this team could have won 10 games, and the answer is they probably could have. They just didn't find ways to win, and good teams find ways to win. I'm sorry. There's for This team, we predicted it. On this podcast, back in November, I said this team is going to beat the Packers, and they're going to lose to the Lions, and they did the exact same thing, and that's the Minnesota Vikings in a nutshell. You're good enough to beat the one seed in the NFC. You're also bad enough to lose to one of the worst teams in football, so... Yeah, there's there's not a lot. This isn't a very positive Minnesota Vikings podcast uh, today, but tomorrow and hopefully in the future, and, and tomorrow being more vague sense, there will hopefully be better news. And, and for those wondering, by the way, and we'll finish off talking about the Vikings with this, if you're wondering why Zimmer isn't fired right now, because you can interview head coaching candidates now. Uh, you can start that process early. The Jaguars are already doing it. I think... The Wolves just let Zimmer finish the season. I think he's earned that as a head coach. And maybe, you know, maybe that's the old old way of thinking, and maybe that's not advantageous for the team. I just think that's what's going to happen. He's going to finish the season, and Sunday afternoon after that game against the Bears, they we're either going to hear reports that he's been fired, he's stepped down, they've mutually agreed to part ways, retired, whatever. He's no longer going to be the coach. Whatever fashion, I bet they're still trying to work on it. I wonder if they're going to talk about that at some point this week. Uh, you got to wonder what they're going to do with Spielman. I know some people floated the idea of kicking him upstairs, uh, kind of giving him – kind of like what John Elway's done with the uh, with the Broncos. They're like, you're a president of football ops or blah, 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 blah. Here you go. Here's a nice corner office, and uh, we're going to pick somebody new to be the GM while still having you in the building and still having all your people in the building like Rob Brzezinski and, and all those guys. So that's one way of thinking of it. The other is just straight up firing him. The other is keeping Spielman. There's a lot of routes you can go. I think the one that the Vikings most likely land on, and this isn't saying that it's going to happen as a fact, 
Zimmer's fired. Spielman's there. They bring in a coach who's going to work with Cousins. They're going to keep him under the last year of his contract, and they're going to find a new quarterback. Maybe they give him like a one to two year extension. Um, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they, I, I don't know. See, the problem with Cousins, he's making about $40 million next year. There's no way you can like front fill that contract or, or give him like a raise, give him more money right up front in kind of eating the last year of his contract. I mean, there's, there's nothing. He's got one more year left. You probably just bring in Cousins to finish it out. It's not going to be a great quarterback draft class. So you might as well hold on to Kirk and see what you have and just try and plan for the future uh, and maybe that's not the route that they'll go, but I think that the Cousins, I think, is the Vikings quarterback next season, unless they get a, a new head coach and GM, and it just feels vastly different. But as as everything stands right now, I don't think the Wolves are ready for giant upheaval change. I think they're ready for a new coach, and I think they're ready for a new quarterback, but I don't think they're ready for, I don't know if they want to get rid of Spielman, and I don't know if it's going to happen all at once. I, and, and here's the thing, and I'm not the first one who's brought up this point, but I think it's true. You can't fire all three, the head coach, the GM, and the quarterback, and expect to hit on all three in succession. You're more likely just, I mean, Spielman, he has his flaws. I am okay with seeing a new GM, but I think there is good reason to keep Spielman. Um, Zimmer's got to go, and then Cousins, he doesn't need to go immediately, but if there's an exit plan then I'm all right with that. And, and I think that's the way that the Vikings go. And I think that that's enough to say that there's change, there's structural change, but not too much to where it feels like the franchise is flipping its head. Um, but anyway, that's the Minnesota Vikings right now. They're in disarray, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. And there's all my thoughts splatted out. I know we usually do stock up, stock down in this new year, but this is a weird one. And I think if you want my one stock up, it is that Justin Jefferson is going to get a new head coach soon. And I think that's the only thing to keep going because Justin Jefferson, man, he's been done dirty by this Vikings game plan. And uh, hopefully he gets a better head coach and more utilizes offense. Maybe that unlocks Kirk. Maybe it doesn't. But at the same time, uh, at least it helps Justin Jefferson because that man's an all pro. He deserves it. Uh, and just this whole team, stock down this whole team and stock down Mike Zimmer, stock down Rick Spielman, stock down Kellen Mond, um, stock up Garrett Bradbury as a tight end. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll make that happen. Maybe we'll put in Garrett Bradbury at fullback for a couple plays to run a Daniel Falalele style, uh, like the Gophers did in their bowl game last week, by the way, guaranteed rate bowl champions or golden Gophers. Nine wins ain't bad for PJ Fleck. Uh, Still could have been a lot better, but nine wins still isn't a, a terrible year, although they got a terrible draw in the bowl game uh, in terms of just playing a terrible opponent at, at 9.30. But there's my gopher shtick. Uh, whole thing with the Vikings, it's a mess. Let's talk about a different team, and that different team is the Minnesota Timberwolves, who played last night against the Lakers and are going to play tonight against the Clippers, and it looks to be that Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell have cleared the COVID protocols but are still not going to be coming back until uh, Wednesday. Uh, and again, kind of like they did with Anthony Edwards and Patrick Beverly, give them a game or two, let them get back into game shape, let them kind of get their legs under them. Them. There's two types of in shape, even though these guys are freak athletes. There's two kinds of in shape. There's in shape and in basketball shape, and they have to get in basketball shape. So 
uh, with that, I think it's been a rough stretch for them. It's just been a weird, you know, this holiday stretch is they, I think they've won, they've lost like three of their last four or something like that. They've been sliding a little bit. Now, granted, they haven't had uh, all of their players because of COVID. And you hope that once everybody gets back and everybody kind of gets adjusted, that they uh, find a soft spot to win. The month of December was a tough one for their schedule anyways, and it still is going to get tough into the early part of December. But, I mean, the Wolves, they have the makings of a team that can get into the playoffs. They have to probably go on a little more hot streak again. But the Wolves are what they are, which is about a 500 team. Now, they're a little bit below that now. But they're a 500 ball club, and hopefully they can turn things around to maybe get into that 6 seed caliber, 6 or higher. You don't want to be in that 7 to 10 uh, area, but I think if you can get a six seed, that's got to be the goal at this point is getting the sixth spot here in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just getting in the playoffs, I think, is a gift in and of itself, even if you end up in the play-in tournament, but to be in that in that top six and at least guarantee yourself a full series would be something good for the Timberwolves, and I think this biggest thing is that it shows that you really, that they're, I think, obviously, the main takeaway is that this team needs Cat D'Lo and Ant if they want to be a playoff caliber team. They need all three of those guys on the floor at the same time. Anthony Edwards didn't have a great game yesterday. First game back from COVID, I'll give him a little bit of rust. Uh, they were playing at uh, the cryptocurrency arena or whatever it is now um, in LA, but the Timberwolves have been sliding right now. I mean, there's no uh, there's no doubting it if you look at the uh, if you look at the Western Conference standings, I mean, here's the thing. The Wolves didn't have some of their star players because of COVID, but they're not the only team to have gone through a COVID crisis in their season. Right now, if you look at the Western Conference standings right now in the uh, in the NBA, the Wolves sit at and as a, uh, they sit as the nine seed. Uh, at 16 and 20, and the Mavs at 8, at 18 and 18, the Lakers at 19 and 19, Clippers at 19 and 18, they have the 6th seed. Uh, so the Wolves, again, they're going to make the playoffs, I think. I think it's pretty much a given. The Spurs ain't getting there. Portland is falling off the face of the earth. Um, now they could still get back, but I, I think out of all this, I think the Wolves have a realistic shot. Now they got to keep proving it to us. Uh, we'll see how they do post COVID here, but they have a good shot. And I think the Minnesota Timberwolves really can get into this playoff picture, but, um, they're going to need to keep winning and they're going to need to see what happens when they get their guys back. Because if there's not that big three, it, it's done. I think that's my biggest takeaway. You have guys like Jalen Noel who have played well, um, Nas Reed, Vanderbilt, guys who, uh, are good role guys to have on your roster and they can make some good plays, but, and Patrick Beverly still being Patrick Beverly, uh, some of those stuff he did yesterday, uh, kind of messing around with the Lakers, uh, holding hands with the one guy on his, uh, on his follow through, uh, getting in LeBron's face, even though he lost, it's still that chippiness that they do need. And that, especially if they don't have one of their big three or multiple in the lineup, it kind of helps make up for that in a way, at least trying to keep them motivated. Um, so I, I think that's good. But outside of that, New year, new wolves, and uh, we'll see if that's uh, we'll see if that new wolves trend continues here into 2022. Let's finish it off with the Wild, who uh, I thought after this they got the Winter Classic game. I thought it would be a good motivating game. It would get them all ready to go, ready to play. They were in a bit of a skid, a long break. Now they get a chance to come back, and they have a dud of a game. A, really, the game itself wasn't awful, but it's more of just a dud second period where you give up five goals. Five goals in the second period, that's not going to do it if you're going to want to win. Um, Cam Talbot did not play well. Now, of course, they're uh, without 
uh, Brodeen, they're without Eric Sinek, they're without Spurgeon, I know. Uh, but it's still a game that you wanted them to pull away from and win. It's against a, a rival in St. Louis. And it's kind of one of those things where, like, uh, before the game, it was played at Target Field, negative 20-something. Um, and you saw the uh, the guys for the Blues coming out in shorts, like they were going to the beach. They had uh, short sleeve button-ups and short shorts, all that kind of stuff. And then in the pregame, they were talking to Matt Dumba, and he was kind of mentioned that it was cold and how cold it was and kind of – Basically, it was that state of mind thing, and you could just tell that St. Louis came there ready to play. This is a game that the Wild have wanted to get on their home ice so bad, wanted to get in Minnesota so bad, and, uh, well, we didn't do it, and we didn't play well, and we is in the Wild. I, I don't mean to make it sound like I'm a part of the Wild in any capacity, but uh, it's just one of those games that we as the state of Minnesota wanted to get for so long and come up flat, and it's tough to see. And it's things where you're going to need better goalie play. Now, Kakinen came in and played decent. Now, Talbot did leave because he was hurt. Um, but they're banged up a little bit. They had the two-week break. They're scuffing. They're sliding. And if you take a look at the NHL's central division right now, um, it's not going well for them. And it's not uh, it's not going well because – uh, in the Western Conference standings, taking a look at the Central Division, if you are the Wild, you've now dipped into third place. The Preds and the Blues have jumped ahead of you. The Wild have 40 points and two points ahead of the Avs and three points behind the Blues in first place, two points behind the Preds in second place. Uh, you lost your la uh, first place lead. And maybe the Wild are coming back to earth a little bit, but this is a team still capable of ripping off a big win streak. They have to get their guys healthy, get back to playing some good hockey, get back to a more consistent schedule, and I think they'll be fine. And I think that's different. I think the Wild have earned a little bit of that credibility compared to the Wolves, and the Wolves have earned it a little bit, but still not to the level the Wild have, the way that this scuff has been going. I think the Wild are in trouble if they can't turn things around. They've lost five in a row. But I think that they just have to get everybody healthy. They have to get more consistent game action. They're going to be fine. Can they recover in terms of winning the Central? We'll find out, but they're still going to be a playoff team. And uh, we'll just have to kind of keep monitoring that as it goes. But um, I, I don't know. I think if you look at the atmosphere, I want to talk about the Winter Classic for a second. But before I do, um, I think the Wild are going to be fine. The Wild, unlike the Vikings, unlike uh, the Twins last season, unlike uh, the – the Wolves even partially this year. The Wild have earned that credibility of they're scuffing, but they're going to turn it around, and at least they've given us the, the right, they've given themselves the right to let us say, we'll see how this goes. Can they bounce back? So we'll, we'll keep monitoring it, but it's not a great sign. Hopefully more consistent gameplay will kind of get them back into the swing of things. Uh, but here's one thing I do want to talk about that Winter Classic, is it seemed like such a fun atmosphere and seemed like such a fun thing. I know it was super cold, but it's something that they should have in Minnesota every year. I'm sorry. It's like the Field of Dreams in Iowa. It's just something you have to keep coming back to uh, with the Winter Classic is Minnesota. It is the state of hockey. It is just, I mean, Target Field was a beautiful backdrop. Everything just worked out really well. It was a great game. It was fun to watch on TV. It was a really fun experience, even though the Wild didn't win. And uh, if they would have won, it would have been a, a lot more impressive. But it was just a great thing overall to have for the state of hockey, for Minnesota, and uh, just with everything involved. Now, it could have been a little better in, in certain aspects, but, uh, you know, out, uh, every, all things considered, it turned out great, and it was a great thing to watch on TV. Uh, not so much the game product, but just the aesthetic of it. It was very, very cool. 
And uh, the jerseys could have been a little better. Don't know if they needed the tweed patches, but uh, but still, it was a cool experience to see, and I'm glad that the Wild got to do it, and I'm glad that uh, that they got it. Hopefully, it's not like the Super Bowl in Minneapolis a few years ago where it was so cold that pu- that everybody planning was like, let's not do that again. Hopefully, they give it another chance. All right, well, we, that does it here for today. We'd like to welcome you guys back into a new year where we're going to be posting more content. You're listening to the Minnesota Sports Podcast. We'll see you here tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Minnesota Sports Podcast. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave a five-star review and share the podcast on social media to help spread the word.